Welcome to The Buzz, the podcast of the Jazz Journalists Association, where we discuss news and views from those in the jazz media, writers, broadcasters, photographers, videographers, and other professionals, documenting the entire ecosystem of jazz. My name is Susan Brink, and I am pleased to welcome you to The Buzz, the JJA podcast. With me today is photographer Richard Condy. He's a New York-based award-winning photographer. He is the recipient of the 2020 Lona Foot Bob Perrin Award for a Lifetime Achievement in Photography by the Jazz Journalist Association, and his work has been featured in National Geographic. He holds a master's degree in fine arts from the School of Visual Arts. He's the official photographer for several major jazz festivals, the Exodo Festival, Saratoga, Montclair Festival, Newport Jazz. He's also the official photographer for the Birdland Jazz Club in New York and several nonprofit organizations such as the Jazz Foundation of America, the Louis Armstrong Foundation, Jazzmobile, and the Jazz House Kids. He's a contributing photographer to All About Jazz and I Rock Jazz. His clients include the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Rubin Museum of Art, the National Jazz Museum in Harlem, WBGO Radio, Verve Records, NPR, the list goes on and on. He's been published in the New York Times, Downbeat, and Jazz Times Magazine, and the JJA did award him the 2018 Jazz Photo of the Year. His work has been described as making the invisible visible, and his approach to his work can be summarized by Oscar Wilde with Be Yourself, Everyone is Taken. That's quite an intro. <laughs> Welcome, Richard Condy. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Susan. You know, you didn't start out as a photographer. You started out in another career entirely. Yes, I did, actually. I, um, I worked for the city as a New York City police officer for about 18 years. And during that time as a police officer, I would take long extended trips to places like China, India, South America, just to relieve the stress of the job. And I would come back with all these, all these pictures from my trips. And at the same time, I started listening to music, a lot of, a lot of jazz music. And yeah, I used to go to a lot of the, the clubs to try to get autographs from the musicians. And so one thing led to another and 20 years later, here I am uh, photographing in these great festivals. So you're self-trained? Yes, I am. I'm always amazed at the captures. You seem to be able to get that quintessential moment yeah. of someone on stage. Is that all by accident? or? Well, my approach to it is that I, I try to shoot my pictures like I'm shooting video. A video camera captures every moment. And so if you, if you think about all the great street photographers, they were gifted enough to see a moment and capture it at that moment and bring the camera to their face and, and capture those moments. But for me, I would have to constantly anticipate the moment, put my camera to my eye and just shoot through the moment. And this way I wouldn't miss any of the nuances between the images that I was trying to get. So that's pretty much how I get those those moments is, is, is to shoot like I'm shooting a video and I would be guaranteed I wouldn't miss any of those moments. And of course, there's always grace and serendipity. Yeah. I guess being prepared 
and being at the right place at the right time and, and, and also getting the access, which is so important. And so like my first access was when I was invited to shoot at the Birdland Jazz Club. I was taking pictures and one of the, someone had tapped me on the shoulder and asked me, if you get anything good, I would like to see it. And I was wondering, who is this guy? And, and, and so on and so forth. But I came back the next day and it turned out to be the owner of the Birdland Jazz Club, Johnny Valenti. He said to me, you know, your, your photographs need to be uh, signed by uh, all, the, all the musicians that come in here. And it just came, it brought me back full circle because in the beginning I was just trying to get autographs and just trying to be around these musicians. And now here I am photographing these greats at the Birdland Jazz Club. And so um, I guess at the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah. And how did you branch out from there? Well, I just, it was just word of mouth. The foundation of my work is, is from my um, college days in, in the School of Visual Arts. I studied all the masters like Caravaggio, Rubens. And so for me, it was uh, my approach to taking pictures was more on a painterly scale. And so what I would do is, is just constantly try to see light, color, shade, and all those aspects to it and, and let that continue to grow. It took on its own personality of its own. I wasn't trying to do anything special with it. And if you look at the work, there's this signature feel behind each photograph. It was just something that just happened, you know, just with my art background and my untrained skills of photography, they kind of merged into one and people saw the work. They, they saw it as something interesting, special and, and word of mouth again. You know, one person invited me to go to another location and so on and so forth. And that's how it ended up. Is research part of your process? Not really. I just, as I, gone through, as I went through the different festivals that I shoot at, I just kind of think about what, what kind of picture I would like to see, something different than nobody else has done. And then I just go by just hopefully gaining the access to do that. A lot of times I, I get good access and I come back with some good photographs. That's it on that basis. Do you have a strategy when you go to these festivals, especially the larger ones? Well, I think for me, I, I, I tend to want to be the first one there. I like to get there early. I like to get a lot of the behind the scenes stuff while the musicians are preparing, getting ready. And I like, I like to be the last one out, getting the photographs when they're packing up, leaving, getting the group shots, portraits of the, of the musicians, interacting a lot with the musicians. Sometimes in the beginning stages, I would give them a photograph and have another one where they would sign it. And then that would open up doors for either recording sessions or, hey, you know, you want to come over to, my, to this festival I'm playing at this location. So that kind of was my way of, of gaining access to these different venues. And so not too much preparation goes on before I get there. I just pretty much have an idea what I want to do. And, I just, and then I just improvise with the rest. Do you often work with, in tandem with journalists or is it mostly solo? Sometimes uh, I work with, I shoot a lot of work for, for All About Jazz. So whoever they assign to the jobs. Like at Saratoga Jazz Festival, they have a particular writer that, that's assigned to that particular festival. So it all depends, you know. When you're working with the journalist, do you strategize with them? Yes, I do. I'll find out from him what he's looking for, what feature the musicians that he's covering. And then I would try to cover those musicians, make, make sure that uh, I get the photographs for those musicians. And then I send it over to, to the publisher and then they'll, they'll take it from there. 
You've caught some beautiful images. There's a recent one of Lakeisha Benjamin. Yeah. In prayer, just. Yeah. How, how did that come about? Well, you know, I almost didn't get that picture. And so I was, I got distracted by, to the left side of me. And, and I didn't get a picture of her before she started. But, but then I, I kind of looked over to the right and I saw her kneeling down. And it was like a lot of distracting elements. And I said, I got to get this shot before she gets up. And I just turned my camera around really fast and just got like one or two shots. And then she just stood up. And then she took a, a slight step forward and I took another shot. And then that was it. She was gone. Being able to just shoot it fast and just and, and pray that I got the focus right and the moment right. And she, it was just perfect. She was wearing all white and she had her red glasses. And it was just like, I couldn't ask for anything better than that. I mean, prior to the festival, I was going to bring some backdrops. I, I wanted to get some portraits for a change. I wanted to do something a little bit different. But when I got there, I saw this big wall that was just so gritty and, and, and white. And the light was just like right on it. And I said, you know what, this is it. Because the musicians are not going to have time to, for me to set up and uh, backdrops or anything like that. So I wanted to just be able to catch them as they come off stage, grab a shot and keep going. But she was just, it was just a perfect moment for me. Yeah, it captured her in prayer. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. Do you often bring a backdrop just in case? I don't. I, actually, this is the first time I was, I was going to do it. But I, I normally don't because it's just a lot of work. I have to get this really, really early. I have to um, get a hold of the stage manager. I didn't know who the stage manager was there at the time. So you, I kind of had to get a sense of uh, how he would respond to that in, in terms of me setting up backdrops near, anywhere near the stage. Because of COVID, we haven't been there for almost two years. So everything changed. And, and I didn't know who was in charge and so on and so forth. But now I know. And, and, and so they just gave me open, you know, to, to do whatever I want. So next time, be prepared because I'm going to come with a lot, a lot of different ideas and, and new things. Because of COVID, has things changed in the way you're shooting or, or how it is in the pit? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the festivals are not allowing a lot of photographers. That's number one. Obviously, you have to get vaccinated. Uh, you have to be COVID tested and so on and so forth. And the industry, I mean... We've suffered a lot. They're not doing a lot of indoor venues at the time. Now they're opening up a bit, but it was very difficult. Business was really bad for me. Recording sessions were like non-existent. And so, but things are getting better and, and I'm happy about that, you know? So it's, uh, and musicians are, are loosening up more. They're not wanting to have the mask on. I could take a picture. I could take at least 10 feet, but with the long zoom lens. So this they, they'll feel comfortable about me taking a picture. And so... Little by little, it's getting better. But the past year and a half or two years, it was, it was tough business-wise. I think for everybody, musicians as well as photographers, they canceled the Detroit Jazz Festival and Newport Jazz Festival, all those major festivals. For somebody just starting to consider going pro, do you have any words of wisdom? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love. you got to love just taking pictures. you got to love people. You got to love communicating with people. I mean, that's it. I mean, for me, what worked for me was just being able to say hello to a person, to show interest in who they are. And that'll show in your photographs. If you're, if you're a point and shoot type of photographer, what I mean by that is you just take a shot with a flash and 
you don't really have any any connection with the person. It, it shows in the photographs too. Mm-hmm. So you, you really have to be able to communicate. And, and one of the things that I think of uh, what a photographer once told me was that you could tell how great a photographer is by how short his camera is, right? by how short his lens is. Because most photographers, they'll shoot with a long lens and try to capture an image and, and then keep going. But a short lens forces a person to walk up to persons and shake their hand first, say, hey, how you doing? And, and, and get into what they're about first. And then when they feel comfortable, then you can take those pictures. And, and those type of pictures I call National Geographic type moments. And so when you're able to say hello to them first, get to know who they are, you don't have to use a long lens. You have, then they'll invite you into their world. You gain access to them to their whole world. And you'll come back with some great photographs. That's true. That's true. It's capturing the light, and it, often it's the light that's reflected in the relationship to the photographer. Yeah. And when I'm shooting, the response to the photographer, the response right. to. Right. And yeah, yeah that's true. Right. And the biggest challenge I, I had as, as a photographer was, was getting past that point and shoot phase of photography, which is just like, you know, just popping a flash and not considering light and shadow and and color and, and, and all these other things. And, and then on top of that, you know, being personal to people and, and saying hello and, and getting into their lives and things like that, which is so important. Uh, before you even think about this thing of taking pictures, it, it can't be um, intrusive because we it's already a stigma that's already on us already as photographers that we're too intrusive and we don't, you know, say hello and we don't, you know, get in and talk to people. And that's very important. So if, if, if anything above it, that's made me successful is being able to just to talk to people, even before you pick up that camera and, and, and start taking pictures. Because nobody wants the camera pointed in their face. Yeah. You know? yeah. not, it's not going to work. Yeah. There's so much that has to be done before you actually pick up the camera. You're so correct. Exactly. I think if you ask any of the musicians that I've, de- that I've dealt with, they'll tell you that, well, they'll say the type of person I am. Well, I think one of the, the biggest compliments I ever got was from uh, the great bassist, Reggie Workman. And he said to me, you know, Rich, I, I never heard you and I never saw you. <laughs> and to me, that was the best compliment you can give me. I never heard you and I never saw you. But you captured him perfectly. Yeah. And he and I is his best friends. We're, we're just great friends. It's a lovely Because he appreciates my work as art, you know, and that's a whole different subject, a whole different subject. But he understands where I'm coming from. I'm coming to take, I'm coming to to add on, to, to be a part of this whole thing called jazz and music and, and, and to show how important this, this art form is, you know? And so that's why I do it. Well, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. You can find Richard Condi online at richardcondiphotos.com. And I'm Susan Brink with The Buzz. This is Susan Brink, and I'm speaking with Howard Mandel, president of the Jazz Journalist Association. And we have a new workshop coming up, Seeing Jazz, JJA Photographers Masterclass is an online series. Howard, what can you tell me about this? Well, we're really excited to get this started. To me, photography has always been like the partner for jazz writing. And you know, we've always had photographers in the JJA. And this is going to give them a chance to talk 
to us writers and people who are viewing photography and also other photographers about what they do, how they do it, why they do it, uh, what's behind the camera or even behind the camera eye. So we're going to do these monthly and uh, we're starting with Adriana Mateo, who was the winner of the 2017 JJ Jazz Award for Photo of the Year. Maybe that was 2018. I'm sorry, 2019. Uh, photograph of Roy Hargrove at the uh, Umbria Jazz Festival. And then we're moving on with other people. Lauren Deutsch, who's a very creative photographer here in Chicago. I've worked with her for a long time. She's been on the, the pre-nomination panel for the Photo of the Year. And then we're going to have Luciano Rosecki, who's another winner of Jazz Award. Nedici Dragoslav, another winner of the Photo of the Year Award. So it's going to be international. It's going to be very instructive. I think it's going to be very personal. These people are going to present themselves with interviews, mostly, I think, by Raya Rattarian, who is the chair of the Photo of the Year Committee. They'll be about an hour long. They'll be interactive. We'll, you know, take questions and answer them, I hope. So it's going to be fun. It sounds like a great time and much needed. You'll be able to see their work. Right. This will be online Zoom calls so that we can see the photos that they're talking about. I think that's very important. Now, is this for JJA members only? JJA members are invited to attend free of charge, but it's open to the general public. And we're asking for a $10 donation for the public to attend. These will be on Zoom or will it be on Facebook or YouTube? On Zoom, and I haven't decided about whether we will archive them on YouTube. Uh, since we are charging 10 bucks to the public, we have to see what the response is and whether we want to offer them for free on YouTube later. It sounds like it's going to be really exciting. And I encourage people to tune in and for more, how do you become a JJA member? You become a JJA member by going to jjanews.org and clicking on join. And then you can determine whether you are a professional member, that is somebody who's actually working in jazz media right now, or if you're an associate member, somebody who just wants to support the work of the JJA and is interested in jazz journalism in general. And we accept both level to membership, and also we have associate member for institutions, so that they get multiple memberships for different members of their staffs. JJ is like really zooming right now with the uh, photo series, with this podcast, and with an online event that I'm going to call the most fun you can have with Jazz Online, that we're looking at producing with winners of the 2022 Jazz Awards and also our Jazz Heroes, and that'll be at the end of July. That sounds very exciting. Howard Mandel, thank you so much for coming on to The Buzz, the JJA podcast. Thanks for having me, Susan. Great to talk to you. See you soon. You too. Sponsors of the JJA Springtime Activities include the Berkeley School of Music, Joyce and George Wien Foundation, Jazz Foundation of America, and SF Jazz, San Jose Jazz, Stanford Jazz Workshop, 
Monterey Jazz Festival Kumba Workshop, and the Peabody Conservatory. The Buzz is produced by Jeffrey Siegel and features the music of John Michaels performing the tune Big Vic. Thank you for listening, and please come back in two weeks for the next edition of The Buzz.